This is Common Threads, an interfaith dialogue. I'm Fred Stella, president of the Interfaith Dialogue Association, and welcome to another edition of Common Threads. Today we have with us a gentleman who has been in the studio with us before. His name is Harry Coyman, and he is the interim director of the Michigan uh, Interfaith Alliance. And uh, Harry, we had you on about a year ago. Almost a year ago, right? That's right. And Interfaith Alliance here in Michigan is a year old this month. Exactly. It's happy birthday. Yes, yes. <laughs> For those of you who did not hear our broadcast about uh, one year ago, uh, let's talk about Interfaith Alliance. Uh, what is your mission? Well, basically we are an organization that is out to promote civility in uh, public discourse. Uh, we are out to say that no one group speaks for any one particular religion. Uh, we are out to promote tolerance uh, in different uh, groups of people that exist in our country. Uh, we basically want to support the Constitution as is without changing it and without saying that one religion is better than another. So uh, contrary to what some people might think, you are not the successors to the Madeleine Murray O'Hare empire that is out to destroy religion as we know it in this country. Oh, no. Uh, our goal is basically the same as, I think, any uh, red-blooded American, and for that fact, most of the human race. We just want people to be able to live their lives without coercion uh, from any one group. If, for example, uh, uh, you talked about Madeleine Murray O'Hare, uh, she was basically an atheist. Now, in the Interfaith Alliance, we may have some atheists in there, but basically we're a group uh, that's nationwide that have like about 50 different faith groups all represented. Um, we do not try to speak. For example, I myself am a Christian, but I don't pretend to speak for all Christians. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that we're trying to overcome, where the Christian coalition says this is the Christian thing to do. So let's see. Some people have identified you as the liberal answer to the Christian coalition. Speak on that. Is that is that a valid uh, stamp? Uh, I don't think I don't think it's a valid stamp as such. I think there is there are conservative uh, members of different faith groups that are also concerned about a lot of the same things that the Christian coalition and the other religious right organizations are concerned with. Uh, I I think there are liberals in the group. Uh, but I don't think it's predominantly liberal. I think if you were to ask people about their values, uh, you would have people that would be very conservative in their values. Uh, if you ask some about their values, it would be very liberal. So I think we're a, an across-the-board kind of a group. Mm -hmm. And you yourself are a member of the Reformed Church of America. Yes, I am. And do you find a fair representation in the RCA from the RCA in Interfaith Alliance? Well... Um, there are some members of the RCA and the Interfaith Alliance. We've never really done a study as such. Um, we have a list of people that are member donors, but we don't have what their particular religious faith is. 
Um, we do have people that are on the boards, uh, the board, the national board, and includes uh, anything from Protestants, Catholics, Jews, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, you name it. There's 50 different faith groups represented, so we're kind of across the board kind of a group. All right. When you met with us last year, and you were just starting up here in Michigan, mm -hmm. you had uh, a, a membership of about 300? Right. And that's grown just a little, hasn't it? Yes, it has. <laughs> it's up to 3,000 right now, and I think we're still growing. We have a, it's, I think it's a reaction to what a lot of people have seen over the past year, uh, a lot of vindictiveness on the part of the uh, religious right uh, and almost a tendency to get out of the religious area and promote a particular brand of politics. And they, they may say, well, this is the Christian way to vote, or this is the only true American way to vote, and you have to be a Christian to vote this way. And that's the kind of thing that I think has turned a lot of people off. Mm -hmm. I've noticed in some more conservative periodicals that, uh, especially ones that are specifically geared toward, toward a Christian audience, mm -hmm. that there are some uh, areas that uh, kind of confuse me as to why they are pegged uh, religiously conservative. For instance, I can understand why the abortion issue may be something that's near and dear to the Christian conservative heart, uh, why um, uh, homeschooling might be, and all this. But it's amazing how they've also taken a, a very hard stance on, say, gun control. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the Bible says about gun control or the lack thereof. I don't think there are guns around in the Bible. <laughs> so. Okay. No? Okay. No, I don't think so. All right. Um, and uh, taxes, for right. instance. Yeah. You know, which uh, certainly goes way across the board right. on religion. But it's interesting that they uh, certainly have not ignored uh, the subject of taxes right. on, uh, in, in their literature. Right. I, and that, I think, is, is one of the things that uh, concerns the Interfaith Alliance. Uh, that is a representation of a religious point of view and saying, well, if you are truly a, and put whatever religious group you want in this thing, uh, if you are truly a Christian, you should be for lowering taxes. Now, lowering taxes is one of these things that everybody says, hey, I'd like to have my taxes lowered. But they, they almost make it a religious kind of a thing, whereas if you don't vote to lower my taxes, you couldn't be a very good American or a very good Christian or whatever your faith happens to be. Mm -hmm. And so it's more or less taking politics, put it into the religious realm, and vice versa. So... When you say, I mean, you're very cautious mm -hmm. not to use the word Christian in, ta in talking about this particular subject, taxes or, or whatever, mm -hmm. and to say you're not a very good whatever, fill in the blank. Right. But we really are pretty much talking about Christianity here. I understand what you're probably doing is you're, you're setting a precedent right. so that if all of a sudden we have a very large uh, constituency of conservative Hindus, right. You already have a, a machine in place, if you will, to, to, to deal with that issue. Right. But isn't it primarily uh, conservative Christians that we are talking about in the country right now? In the country right now, uh, you're correct. It's primarily Christians. But uh, if you watched Channel 35 last night uh, regarding uh, God Talks Back, it, it was in, on the section called the 20th Century, uh, there are religious groups in different countries that are all basically doing the same thing. And one of the things that 
struck me was that the rhetoric was very similar. Uh, for example, here, it was Christianity. However, if you went to India, India, it was the Nationalist Hindu Party. If you went to Iran, it was the uh, Shiite Muslim group. Mm -hmm. I had to think there for a minute uh, because of the different Muslim groups. Uh, so I think you're correct. I think one of the things that we do not want to have happen is we do not want to have any one particular religious group say that, okay, we speak for all Americans. Um, and I, I think that's, I think our Constitution has always pointed that out to us. We have a freedom of religion. And uh, we each in our own way worship our own God however we please. Uh, it's not that and I think some people have said, well, we started out as a Christian nation, and I think that's more rhetoric than anything else. Um, I think that if you do a study uh, of history of this country, I think you'll find out that a lot of our founding fathers were not Christians at all, but they were deists. And right. So right. I think that's, that's one of the things that, that we have to watch out for, uh, and that is misinterpreting history. Mm -hmm. You are the interim director for the Michigan chapter of Interfaith Alliance, so Correct. you cover the whole state. Correct. Do you travel quite a bit in your in this position? Uh, I have traveled uh, east and south. I haven't really gone north that far. Uh, but I, as far as traveling goes, no, I'd say really not. I do a lot of work over the uh, Internet, uh, emailing people and uh, asking for responses and things like this. So a lot of what we do is uh, basically email and Internet kind of things. What I wanted to do, my, my plan for this particular program, was to talk about the issues that are in front of voters, in front of citizens today. Let's talk about the state in particular for right now. Are, are there any issues that are uh, really hot on the presses at this moment here in Michigan that you would encourage people to take a look at? Well, I, I think one of the things that we're looking at right now is a hate crimes bill. Uh, today, even as we speak, uh, um, this is the 29th of June, the uh, Congress is debating a, a hate crimes bill. And uh, the religious right has basically taken the tack that uh, this is going to infringe on our religious liberties if we promote this hate crimes bill. Uh, the state in the past uh, has gone uh, and tried to pass a hate crimes bill. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you at this particular point where that sits, but I'm sure it's going to come up again. It, it never became a law. Any idea what, how they formed their opinion? How did conservative evangelicals think that a hate crimes law could infringe on somebody's right, religious right? Well, I think uh, basically basically comes from, for example, Gary Bauer and the, the Family Research Council uh, literature that they sent out basically told people that their rights were going to be taken away uh, if their congressperson voted for this. Um, I think I remember the, uh, the reasoning on that. There's the idea that if a, a minister in a church gets up and in a sermon says that homosexuality is a sin, that that could be constituted as hate crime. Do you recall that as being correct? I think that was one of the things that was brought out. Um, and I, I think that's one of the things that we have to watch out for. Uh, if, if a particular religion says that homosexuality is wrong, that's fine as far as that 
that particular religion goes. Uh, we have freedom of religion in this country, but we also have human rights in this country. Uh, I can recall when I was a, a young man, I was in the military and I was stationed down south. Now this may tell you how old I am, uh, but those, these are in the days of segregation. And one of the things that struck me uh, was whenever I asked for an explanation of why things were segregated in the South, I was always given the biblical example of the book of Genesis where Ham looked upon his father Noah who was naked and God cursed Ham. And they, the people that I spoke to down South, very honest, very sincere people, honestly believed that this was the curse of Ham upon the black person. And uh, they weren't, uh, they didn't see it as bigotry at the time. They saw this as something that was quite natural, quite common. And I think that's one of the things that we have to watch out for, uh, that we do not take our religious beliefs and then transpose them into um, our own personal political beliefs. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we are, after all, a democracy. Each person has their human rights in this country, and uh, we should always remember that. Right. I remember an example I read recently, and I think it speaks quite clear to this subject. If someone goes up to a, a synagogue in the, in the middle of the night and takes spray paint and scrawls, uh, John loves Mary, that's, that's vandalism. Mm -hmm. uh, but if someone sneaks up in the middle of the night and spray paints uh, on the uh, synagogue swastikas, should the, should the one crime be equivalent to the other? Should the person who gets nabbed for the John Loves Mary um, or a smiley face or something that's uh, uh, pretty benign, should that person face the same charges as the person who, who uh, spray paints swastikas on a synagogue? Well, I, th I think one of the points that you have to remember is that John Loves Mary is a rather benign kind of a thing. It was meant maybe to show that John really loved Mary. That was a kind of a positive thing done in a very, maybe a, a, a way that shouldn't that have been done. That's and obviously vandalism. criminal. Obviously criminal. But on the other hand, when you take and you spray paint swastikas, you are sending the people that attend that synagogue a message. And that, that message is that, boy, we wish those Nazis would have gotten rid of you back in the 1940s. And that is hate. And that, that's where the line is drawn, not so much in the spray painting, but in the message that is sent. Right, right. Another thing, too, is that I've heard that the argument against the hate crime bill is that uh, we shouldn't penalize somebody by what they are thinking. If I hit you because I'm mad at you, uh, that's, that's virtually the same thing as hitting you because you're white. And they say, hey, you, well, you got hit one way or another. Why mm -hmm. should one be a hate crime and the other uh, be um, uh, just assault and battery? Okay. Uh, if you hit me because, because I am white, uh, that is obviously a hate crime. If you hit me because you just happen to disagree with me, you know, like, uh, Fred, I wish you hadn't done that. Harry, I'm having a bad day today. Pow, you hit me. That's different than hitting me uh, than if I, let's say, let me back up here. It's different if you hit me for a particular reason, not because of who I am. 
you understand? Right. Yes, I do. And uh, that that's one of the things that we have to watch out for, too, is that uh, we understand the difference between just a plain old fight right. and hitting somebody because they are a, of a particular uh, lifestyle or a particular color. Particular and and we already have, we have laws on the books that already uh, address how we think mm-hmm. in terms of committing a crime. Because if I, um, let's say I actually murder you, if I murder you on the spot because I just found out that uh, you've uh, been with my wife, uh, I would be tried in a totally different way than if, they found, if the jury or if the prosecutor found out that I've been planning your murder for weeks. Correct. Premeditation is a, is a higher degree of murder than a crime of passion. Exactly. So we already acknowledge that what's going on in your brain affects how you will be charged. Right. So it makes sense that uh, hate crime legislation uh, has a precedent. Yeah, exactly. I think... Uh if you look at the um, the present civil rights laws, I think if you look, you'll find out that you cannot uh, go after somebody because of their religion, because of their race, because of their ethnicity. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that we've already have on the books. So that's one of the things that we have to recall. I think looking back at it, for example, you say, "God, Harry, you know, uh, this is terrible. Somebody's beating up on you because you are." and you can put anything in there, that is wrong. You understand? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Let's go on to some national issues. Uh, we don't have a lot of time left in the program. What, uh, what's in the cooker right now? Well, the big thing right now is the uh, hate crimes prevention bill. Now, that's, in, that's state we're talking about. Uh, no, that's, oh, I'm sorry, that's, that's national. national. Right. Yep. The national is going on today, okay. even as we speak. Uh, the hate, hate crimes of the state uh, was... Uh, I don't remember exactly when it took place, but it was um, within the past year, obviously. And uh, that, whether it made it out of committee and onto the floor of the House, I, I couldn't tell you at this particular point, uh, but I know it never got anywhere. Um, the national bill is being debated right now, and uh, after the program, obviously, we'll find out how it went. Right. Okay. Um, I noticed that... Ralph Reed was talking about you on on CNN recently. Uh, I hope he wasn't talking about me. <laughs> Maybe about Interfaith Alliance. Yes, yes, he yeah. was. Uh, and apparently, he had a few things uh, a few things wrong. I believe he pegged you as being uh, an arm of the Democratic Party. Could oh, you uh, speak to what what he said? Uh, there ha- there have been accusations uh, that. The- the Interfaith Alliance is an arm of the Democratic Party. Well, basically what uh, happened was that when the Interfaith Alliance was started up, the Democratic Party did contribute some funds to the Interfaith Alliance, uh, but that was just a startup thing. We have no connections with the Democratic Party. There may be Democrats. I know there are Republicans in the Inter- Interfaith Alliance. There are independents. So we really are not an arm of the Democratic Party at all. Mm-hmm. And... Would you say that the people who uh, are in the Interfaith Alliance uh, have, have any particular, oh, how should I put this? Do they have any particular grudge against any particular organization? Uh, grudge? No, I think that's probably a wrong word. I, th- I think what we're trying to do is to, s- to counter 
uh, the effects of what the Christian coalition and what the other religious right organizations are, are doing. Uh, but I think grudge is a poor word. I, I think it's just a reaction to what they are doing. And, and uh, I don't mean to imply that we're a reactionary organization. We, we do uh, promote civility. We do promote tolerance. Uh, we're kind of a broad-based kind of a, an organization. But grudge is no. Okay, okay. Uh, what other projects uh, do you want to talk about that uh, you've got? Well, let's see. You got um, working. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we recently had the Walter Cronkite Award that was um, handed out. This is an annual kind of event, and it was handed out to two individuals, the Reverend Chris Doss and to uh, Miss Donna Redwing. Uh, these are two individuals. Uh, you may have recalled that a little more than two years ago, uh, U.S. District Judge Ira DeMent said that the Ten Commandments could not hang in this uh, certain judge's courtroom. And there was quite a brouhaha about this. Now, it's one thing if you and I have a disagreement, we can disagree on it. But once our disagreement gets to the yelling stage, all reason is pretty much gone. Uh, Chris Doss, uh, rather than arguing um, against what uh, was being done by the, uh, the former governor of Alabama, went out and educated the public in kind of a rational, a kind of a calming way and explained to them rather than screaming at them, look, it's a law, you've got to obey the law. So he was basically uh, promoted for the Walter Cronkite Award because of the fact that he did promote the civil attitude. Uh, Donna Redwing is the National Field Director of the Human Rights Commission, and she pioneered the inclusion of people of faith in human rights advocacy including a developing uh, a groundbreaking interfaith service uh, that includes uh, people that are gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgendered individuals uh, to promote that kind of a feeling. And, and I, I think I want to clarify right here that we're not talking necessarily about endorsing a particular lifestyle. We're me merely saying that People are individuals, they're humans, and therefore should be treated as humans, not to be bashed or castigated in any way just because of uh, who they are, what lifestyle they choose. Mm -hmm. Why is it a Walter Cronkite Award? Well, Walter Cronkite was one of the first people that spoke out uh, against the religious right and said, look, this is absolutely crazy. Um, we shouldn't be promoting a particular religion and saying that this re if." you are not of a partic this particular religion, then you can't be much of a person. Uh, uh, Walter Cronkite believes in the First Amendment, uh, the freedom of religion, and he saw that by going down the slippery slope that the religious right has promoted, uh, we would soon lose our religious freedom. There are people on the, uh, what is termed the religious right, the conservative evangelical uh, uh, span of the spectrum, that is saying that well, you know, let's rethink this. Let's, uh, maybe we shouldn't be as politically motivated as we have been. Have you uh, heard of such people? There's a, a yes, I, I think that um, the Free Congress Foundation, uh, after the last election and after the uh, uh, President Clinton's trial, 
said, okay, we do not have a moral majority, uh, so let's hold That's back. That's Paul Weyrich. Paul Weyrich, correct, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, let's hold back and let's keep our powder dry and let's, you know, back into our little holes for a while. Uh, there have been a, a number of people, obviously, that have said, no, 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 we can't do that. Um, I think that uh, one of the people that has spoken out uh, involving religion and politics is uh, the uh, minister of Calvary Church in our own town of Grand Rapids here, and he and Cal Thomas, a uh, syndicated columnist, have written a book uh, regarding um, not getting involved in uh, political affairs through religion. And I don't think they mean to negate the fact that we as individuals shouldn't get involved in politics. It just should not have a particular label. If I, as a Christian, want to vote for a liberal candidate, that's fine. If, if somebody else of, of the Christian religion wants to vote for a different candidate, that's fine too. But we shouldn't get involved in saying, well, this is the only correct candidate to vote for because this, is, this guy is a real good Christian, da-da-da-da-da. You mentioned before that you were a member of the Reformed Church in America. Correct. Do you ever hear anything from the pulpit or through newsletters, other media, from the leadership of the RCA, which either supports what you are doing or negates what you are doing? Uh, you mean working with the Interfaith Alliance? Yes. Uh, not really. Uh, we, The RCA is not a political kind of a, a denomination. Uh, and one of the reasons is because of the large diversity that we have in the Reformed Church, politically speaking, and also uh, from the uh, spiritual spectrum. We have conservatives, we have liberals. Okay. So it's Listen, we're out of time right now, Harry. I'd like you to give the address, phone number, and website, email, whatever you want for Interfaith Alliance here in Michigan. Well, we, we don't have a website as such. You can email me at zekeflash at aol.com. That's Z-E-K-E-F-L-A-S-H at aol.com. Uh, the Interfaith Alliance does have a website. All you have to do is type in tia.org uh, after www, and I'm sure you'll get there. Okay, and a phone number. Uh, local telephone number, 957-1687. Great. Harry Quinman has been my guest from the Michigan chapter of Interfaith Alliance, and thank you for joining us here at Common Threads on WGVU. Common Threads is a production of WGVU in cooperation with the Interfaith Dialogue Association. The views and opinions expressed are not necessarily those of the station, its underwriters, or Grand Valley State University. In many cases, the participants on this program represent themselves and may not be designated spokespeople for the faiths they represent. Send questions and comments by email through our website, www.interfaithdialogueassociation.org. Thank you for listening and join us again next week for another edition of Common Threads.